Welcome to the Rising Tide Podcast with D. Klein and Eric P. Rhodes. Each week, the Rising Tide Podcast brings you the latest stories from a world where art, technology, and culture converge. Ride the wave of the future with us. The tide is rising, and the possibilities are endless. Hey, everybody. Rising Tide podcast here. I've got my good friend Eric P. Rhodes with me, as well as myself, Decline here. Um, so happy to uh, talk again. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. I uh, I look now that we have these weekly discussions, uh, which is how I kind of think of them. I look forward to it, and I save stuff instead of tweeting it. I save oh, stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. So we have like things to talk about. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, there was plenty to talk about this week. Of course, it was the ETF stuff that dominated. What's you know, that? But we've I have no idea what that is. <laughs> well, an ETF is actually no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> For those just listening, I just did the old pushing up your glasses. Actually, you know, thing. Um, <laughs> but that's definitely a topic we can cover today. Um, what else did you have in mind? Yeah, we. Uh... Oh, I'm having such a brain fart here. Um, I want to talk about 80 bits, uh, the mm-hmm. potential mutants to the crypto punks, um, as Cosmo Medici kind of coined. And then, um, yeah, I think. Oh, and I, I have a, I have a fun. Um, you've been blocked, so. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, mine's kind of predictable, being that we're talking about ETFs. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I also had a really interesting insight to uh, the Museum of Crypto Art with some art reviews that were put up there that I thought was a very impressive collection of of work. So I'd like to talk about that, too. I'm shocked. I did not know these existed. I know. So I think a lot of people will want to learn about it. Yeah. Yeah. So should we start with ETFs? Let's get it out of the way. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so it started before the ETFs were approved the day before there's an SEC tweet that goes out saying, Hey, everybody, Bitcoin ETFs are approved with the Bitcoin like hashtag. And, you know, it looked kind of like, okay, this is not the way that the SEC would announce this. Like, but in the excitement, of course, you know, everybody's like, Hey, they're approved. Yeah. But so it was the way I understood it was the account was compromised per X, their security team. Yeah. But I do actually think that tweet looked way too professional. Okay. So you're on the other side. You think it did look professional. I think, I think both happened. And this is, I, I was talking while well, tweeting at Jimmy ETH about this. I think both happened. I think the account got compromised. They tweeted out, the number sign with the BTC that was the hacker then realized there was a draft. Mm. And this is my interpretation of the whole scenario, not, not inside proof. And then they realized there was a draft and just tweeted out the draft, which I thought I'm like, yeah, the sec could, it looked legit to me, you know? So I don't know. I, mean, it I think it's borderline legit. Yeah. I mean, like maybe Gary wouldn't put his Gensler wouldn't put his face there, but maybe he would because he is an egomaniac. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess the suspicious part for me that adds to your story um, is that this account is compromised less than 20 minutes later, like something like 15 minutes later. They're like, whoa, whoa, this is not the real tweet. And they managed to recapture their account, recover their account in like less than 20 minutes. Like, mm. when does that happen? When you have Twitter on standby. I suppose. Yeah. So it can it just, happen. I And, then, I it, you know, it's Twitter. ironic because, of course, for people who don't know, the SEC is constantly telling people, you know, you can trust us, you know, wait for us to announce it. Don't, don't wait. Don't anyone else's tweet announcing this is baloney. So when some Cointelegraph intern does it, that's, that's, don't, come to us and then they get their account compromised. Not only that, they're constantly talking about security. They've gone after Mm -hmm. like even Elon Musk for, you know, these things uh, with uh, security problems. 
and are then they're gonna they have to investigate themselves <laughs> because they're not even using 2fa on their <laughs> twitter account i'm getting goosebumps right now because <laughs> i just think about password their... one two three i mean come on maybe it was i bet you that password was admin <laughs> probably i hate btc yeah one yeah. two three yeah so to answer your question about how you can get your account back really fast i worked at twitter i worked on in their global support operations team and we worked hand in hand with the team who would have partnerships like this so if something big was going to happen there might be a war room where they have access to and can get things done pretty much instantaneously so it's okay. possible they had somebody on standby but again this was public twitter not privatized elon musk twitter so i don't know what that situation looks like but it is possible Right. Well, and at the SEC would be a high priority account. It's not like you or me, plebs, you know, going, hey, my account's compromised. And they're like, I oh, will get back to you in three months. Did you hear that? I did not. The dog's barking. You didn't hear that? No. Fucking love this mic. <laughs> <laughs> so great. He's right Good next noise, to me. Noise isolation. Yeah, he's right next to me barking his amazing oh my god so anyway so when the sec does this compromise tweet the market's like yes and you see this burst of green right <laughs> and then they're like uh no not true Pff, red candle right and what was yeah. interesting was the next day when things were official everybody's like oh yeah there's gonna be omega candle and there was almost no price action like bitcoin literally held even it held ethereum, even ethereum ethereum yeah. went like 10 percent up yeah. It's like you're switching. To, I talked about this in the last episode. It's like, well, there'll be an initial spike and then people will take profits and it'll drop and then it'll start gradually climbing is what I said. Right. Yeah. But there wasn't even really much of a spike. And ETH took the spike because already everybody's switching to the ETH narrative, like instantly. The ETH ETF narrative. Yeah. Speaking about instantaneous. Uh reaction that's one thing that tradfi is not which is <laughs> no what, kidding right which is one of the things that we were talking about offline that you wanted to bring up yeah this is a case of tradfi meeting DeFi and showing us how bad tradfi is comparatively mm -hmm. and how slow it is and the lagging effect and the fact that saturday morning i finally see like the volume numbers of right. these ETFs and I finally see you know the the action that happened there and we're in the crypto space we're so used to just boom 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 instant information price discovery so instant yes transparency and here all of a sudden it's behind this veil and you're having to rely on a few trusted sources to tell you hey this is the volume this is the blah 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 and of course they're saying it was a tremendous success in fact it was the most successful ETF launch ever according to these analysts that i was reading from bloomberg right um so we just, we can track yeah. let me ask you this question we'll be able to track their purchases and the funds purchases of bitcoin which we can then intuit what the investment is right do you I know suppose. yeah uh, i don't know anything about no. that so it's what's interesting is that when you look at the numbers of what blackrock has in hand, I was seeing one this morning that was saying they already have like $467 billion of Bitcoin or something like that. That So clearly these, now don't quote me on that number, everybody listening. <laughs> uh, quote what it tells me is they've been quietly decline. accumulating. They've been quietly accumulating for a long sure. time. In anticipation of the ETF. Yeah. Yeah. While saying this is trash. <laughs> it's wonderful. Listen, what did we say last week? Didn't we say something similar to the effect of listen to watch what they do? Don't listen to what they say. And then what's tricky is now you have this weird out of sync dynamic mm -hmm. where you have the live trading of BTC or crypto in general happening 24 seven, three, six, five. And you have the wall street. Uh, it's uh, Friday, 6 PM. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a long weekend. Right. See you Tuesday. 
Yeah, so we right? won't see so, numbers until until Tuesday. <laughs> right? So in the meantime, like even since Friday night when Bitcoin took this dive, it's already recovered a bit. Ethereum's doing well. And now you have all this price action happening on the weekend. How is that going to sync up? It's going to be a very interesting Tuesday with the ETFs. Yeah, it's a new dynamic, right? It's a new dynamic. If you're a if you're a DeFi investor, investor in quotes, if you're just somebody or an investor and not in quotes, if you're the person that's trading each day in our decentralized exchanges, an hour, like I'm fucking no hour is. Uh, in we're, the we're, the, we're in the cabal, right? We are in the cabal, yeah. In the decentralized exchanges. Now you have to anticipate what's going to happen on Mondays when the market's yeah. open for for Bitcoin and, and, and bring that into your investment strategy. Right. Now, the other thing I want to talk about with the lagging effect, because it's actually a much bigger lagging effect than just a couple of days, all right, is, I don't know about you, but when I you know, the average person, let's say, I guess I'm not average because I'm into crypto. When the average person is looking at their investments, they usually talk to an investment advisor. Mm-hmm. They usually, maybe they even make an appointment with their brokerage, okay? Some, sometime next week. <laughs> sometime next week, you know, uh, or at their quarterly or yearly meeting, uh-huh. right? So maybe six months from now, and they say to their advisor, oh, hey, I heard about these uh, spot Bitcoin ETFs. And the advisor may or may not have heard of them. The brokerage may or may not carry these ETFs. And at that point, maybe the investment advisor says, oh, yeah, you could set up your portfolio to include these. You know, And we're so accustomed to just the independence of crypto and the direct access to it of just going into, I don't know, say your MetaMask or whatever and going, oh, I'm going to get this. And you do it that day. Yeah. Well, there's you a know, day so. trader aspect to to all you know to this. Sure, and, and I mean you and, can't. There are plenty of people who do tra- directly trade via those apps. Yeah. That is true. But to your point, to the lagging, the people who are comfortable lagging, right? They're not looking to turn a profit on the next pump. It's like no. they're looking to grow it slowly over time. Yep. Typically, I would think if you're going to use a brokerage and you're investing in ETFs, I would think you're the kind of person who is set it and forget it kind yep. of investing. Yep. But, you know, yeah. investment advisors are also incentivized to, to collect fees from their clients. So yeah. it's only a matter of time as more and more normies go to their investment advisors, Right that these advisors are going to become privy to these spot Bitcoin ETFs. Mm-hmm. You know, again, this is a niche. They don't all even know about it yet, right? But when they do, they're going to look at those ETFs and they're going to go, I can make some nice fees if I get people to add this to their portfolio. And yeah. they're going to be incentivized to get people investing in spot Bitcoin ETFs. Yeah. I would. I wonder say, Why if... don't we do it today? We'll sign you up for $500 a month. <laughs> What's it? So I think I read that BlackRock recently reduced their fee to 0.25%. Yeah, there's a very competitive field there when it comes to fees. Yeah. The highest one is actually GBTC because they're sitting on a buttload of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So they're not as incentivized to reduce their fees. That's an interesting dynamic too right now that's happening is that some people are redeeming their Grayscale shares. Well, which... tell me about that because I didn't know... I didn't know that that aspect. Okay. Well, I don't want to get too technical on it because yeah. listen, folks, I am not an ETF expert, um, yeah. nor am I, am I not an expert either. on Grayscale, you know, but the gist of it is, and this is very much the gist of it. Okay. People can now finally redeem these shares that were held in a trust. And so there's some sell pressure caused by that, uh, where people are finally taking profit on these. Uh, mm. So, there was some outflows from Grayscale um, because of that, that, you know, reduced the, the price. You could argue it was part of what contributed to the price of Bitcoin falling. Obviously, you can never point to a singular thing. Sure. Um, you know, People but the, the net inflows were, were substantial. Like, you know, BlackRock had over a billion dollars of volume at, uh, on their 
obviously not all inflows, but there and was some like four to, billion dollars of volume on those ETFs over. And they have to maintain the exact like, as far as right, I understand it like this: they have to hold the same value in Bitcoin as they do in cash, which is interesting in because, shares. yeah, in shares, which is then which is then translated cash to flow. cash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, but what's interesting about that is they only settle once a day. They're settling at the end of the day. So, so whatever the price this, is at the end of the day. It's really weird. Yeah. Like all the timing dynamics of it are very, very strange. Because we're not used to that in crypto. We're used to instant settlement. And now you've got this weird kind of out of sync thing happening here between these two worlds. Yeah. And it points to the superiority of DeFi, frankly. I think so. Yeah, the speed yeah. at which we can get things done, instantaneous yeah. trans. Like talking about, we would talk. We talk about transaction speed a lot in this space, right? Comparative to tradfi, if you have to wait fifteen minutes for a transaction for Bitcoin, hypothetically, that's still much faster. Astronomically than... <laughs> faster. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <sighs> Which is why, like, Larry Fink has already turned to the Ethereum narr narrative. I don't know if you noticed that. Larry Fink's the CEO of BlackRock. And yeah. already yesterday, he was saying the next big step is tokenization. So if you look at, say, for, and I think this is, and I can't read his mind, but my vision of this that, you know, may be similar is, say, for example, you take Apple shares. How much is an, a share of Apple? $1,300, $1,200? I don't even know. I'm just making up a number. Yeah. Okay. What a if you could, what if you could fractionalize that Apple share into tokens on the Ethereum network through an L2 that BlackRock runs, a BlackRock L2, where you can trade Apple shares 24-7 in fractions, like a cent worth of Apple shares, and you're full-time 24-7, 365 trading on a BlackRock L2 which is tied to their ETF of Ethereum. Like you could tokenize all value. So would they, would they, that would put the stock exchanges out of business, wouldn't it? It will be so vastly superior in terms of its capacity to settle value. Yeah. There's no way I cannot see the traditional finance stock share, whatever system being around five, 10 years from now. There's just no way. Like right. the ability for a company like BlackRock to make that happen. Yeah. Right? Here's here's the problem. Now I'm gonna put my conspiracy theorist hat on. All right, go. Putting all that power in the hands of BlackRock, who already they has already a have the power. They have like trillions I of know, dollars of value. I know. They already and they already have hand and fist already in the cookie jar of of the 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 military industrial complex like you know i get it i get it but this is everything we were attempting to move away from <laughs> well i mean there is uh an independence in it still that you still can own bitcoin if you want you can still have full custody of ethereum or ether what if you want yeah. Okay. That's what's I'm, different. Sure. For now, what if they make, what if they make, in, I don't, I don't know if they, it's enforceable, but one of the concerns now is self custody wallets will be illegal, right? That is something. See, they don't have to make them illegal, though, Eric. They just have to make the alternative more convenient. Years ago, we uh, were all like, "Oh no, we're gonna have some kind of surveillance tool that watches our everyday activities." and keeps track of everything we do. Oh no, we've got to fight against this. And now we all carry around these devices in our pockets everywhere right. we go right. and nobody's forcing us to do it. We big brothered ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. I understand. And You're we right. go on Facebook or whatever and are like, I just made some muffins. I'm right. just going to this place. I'm going yeah. on holidays and here. And we take pictures with all of our products and there are firms out there that can do research. Uh, yeah, uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. I like they don't I said, need to I make it illegal. I was putting my conspiracy theorist hat on. I'm going to take it off. <laughs> That's why this whole thing with Elizabeth Warren on this rampage against it 
to me yeah. makes zero sense. Yeah. Just well, she's, make she's your old. approach more convenient and people will gladly flock yeah. themselves into a pen for you. Well, that's, and that's, that's basic product development. Yeah. That's what that is. Make you, 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 you make the, the most convenient product doesn't have to be the best technology, but you make it the most convenient people will flock to it and use that. Sure. Look at TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking vine, right? Vine had Every it and, and they shut it down. Everybody knows all your stuff is being monitored on there. And, and not just by the U.S., by China. Yeah. Right? And Russia. Well, and are private companies any better? Like you're telling me, you, oh, no. you know, being monitored yeah. by Facebook or Twitter or whatever is any better than being monitored by the Chinese no. government? No, no. No, no, no. I, I'm not making that justification. I'm just adding to the conversation. The This is why I have my own private email server for... Mm for uh certain communications because and it's in it's in a country the server where extradition of content is harder to do so it's just one a layer i'm sure they could access it if they want but you know it's and i, I don't do anything sensitive but this is like my brain is like yes i use gmail all the time but there are certain things that maybe i don't want people to have regular access to and so i just throw a layer in there you know i'm just saying the greatest danger to our privacy and self-custody and security is not some government conspiracy yeah it's, it's just our own laziness yeah yeah oh i hate it when you're right <laughs> i don't mean i hate it when you're right i mean like Oh, it's so right. <laughs> We're so lazy. You make I something convenient that, for us, and we'll we'll yeah. humans are just we'll flock right to it. <laughs> I read one time there was some story, and I don't know if there's any truth to this, but the CIA was setting up some kind of surveillance tool to monitor people's whereabouts and activities, and Facebook was introduced, and that same year they shut down that program. <laughs> yeah, because they had a back door. Now, I don't know if that's true. It's just something yeah. that I read somewhere, but it makes sense. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We did it right? to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's, let's switch to some lighter topics. There was one thing I wanted to bring up and then I know there's one you want to bring up. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I was super impressed by this and anyone who's been in the crypto art scene for some time, some yeah. time and is not aware of this should be aware of this. And that is the museum of crypto art. Um, you're probably familiar with that already if you've been in the space, but the Museum of Crypto Art has a community forum. And if you just go to uh, Museum of Crypto Art forum, you'll find it. And within that forum, there's all kinds of interesting stuff. But if you scroll down, you can find the topic of the Genesis, Genesis Collection, which is the initial artists who were in this space prior to a certain cutoff date. I don't actually recall the cutoff date. I think it was 2020, end of 2020. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the OGs of crypto art. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. I don't know. Uh, Sounds good. <laughs> who, who have their artworks in this Genesis collection. And yeah. it blew my mind. It was actually Anonymous Nobody and Biddy, the artist, who tweeted or posted about this. And I saw it and I was like, this is so impressive. And what it is, is it's for every single work of art, in that Genesis collection, Max Cohen uh, on X, the tag is Cohen, the writer, C-O-H-E-N, the writer, took the time to examine every single one of these pieces and reviewed them with in-depth, thoughtful analysis. And just reading my own, I was like, wow, this person really took some time and thought to analyze this work. And I read a number of others, including yours. Um, I'm shocked. Just very impressive work. Yeah. I'm shocked. I didn't know this existed. And and when you say like, we should know about this and you're hundred percent right. And I'm, I'm completely, I was reading mine right before the show. Cause you just told me about it. I, I'm 
first of all, wow, the writing is it's it's so pure in its uh analysis of the artwork. Mm -hmm. And I was just reading through mine and I'm like, he like to your point, he really put a lot of thought into it. And uh I am I'm blown away that this doesn't get this hasn't gotten any coverage. And it's yeah. mine was done in June 2022. That's a yeah. year and a half ago. Unreal. Well, Unreal. and what I found with the review for my own anyway is he saw things in the artwork that I didn't even realize. Like he saw stuff in the work that I was like, oh yeah, that's really cool. I never really thought about that Yeah, in my own work. It seemed like he did a critical, like the way it looks to me is he did a critical analysis as a critic of mm -hmm. all the artworks. Mm-hmm. Like with the thoughtful eye of a critic as analyzing the piece itself, not to criticize it, but to critique it. You're talking 248 topics and yeah, the ones I read, each one of them were very thoughtful and sincere and like just, I just loved it. I just thought it was amazing. So if you haven't seen it and you maybe you're a person who has their work in the Museum of Crypto Arts Genesis Collection. You definitely want to read these reviews. It's yeah. the Museum of Crypto Art. If you Google Museum of Crypto Art Forum, scroll down to the Genesis Collection. Uh, some of the names are alphabetized. Some of them are not. So I would recommend the old Control F if you want to see what's written about your work or about That's an right. artist that you admire and find your name in the list or the name you're looking for. And read it. And they are really insightful, impressive commentaries on those pieces. Let's just shout out a few of the names that are in this Genesis collection. Go. Yeah. They have a lot of money. I'm just going to run down the list a little bit. Blackbox.art. Connie Digital, who uh, launched Hue. Remember the, the token? Was it you? The first social token, Hue. Um, not the first, but it was, you know, widely celebrated. Um, Gary Cartledge, Luca Paletti, Max Osiris, Robness. Nori Harmon, Osinachi, like Pindar. Like it's got Ryolite, which is an OG dude who passed away Stella too early. Bell. Stella Bell, Sky Golpe, Slime Sunday. Like it's got this Janet, Trevor Jones. The Genesis collection has got not only OGs, but also like. OGs who've been in the space and are now big names. Well, one of the coolest things about it for me is I can't believe I'm in this list with these people. Do you know what I mean? Like to be oh, you're amongst an OG. those people is freaking awesome. You're an OG. I'm just saying like, it's, it's cool to be amongst those names. It is X copy. Of course. How could we not X copies um, in there? Um, Little little bit of a moment here because it's hum it's humbling to be a part of this Genesis collection, but I I will freely admit when I was when I was told I was in it I thought I deserved to be there in the beginning, like I had that like real cocky, yeah you know, I don't know what I was thinking because that's not really like maybe it's. It doesn't feel like really true to my personality, but I let myself slip a little bit. And I was like, damn right. I bought, you know, in my mind, I'm in the Genesis collection, you know, uh, I'm one of the OGs. Now it's like so humbling because the fact that I'm there at all, just pure luck that I even found this space. Mm -hmm. I've told this story a bunch of times. I literally typed crypto and art into the Twitter search box. That's how I found NFTs. Otherwise, I only found them because I was writing an article for uh, Coin Telegraph about the stuff, and I was like, "This is so freaking cool!" I've was that get trash art? This. That's the only was, reason. Was yeah. that your first art? It was the trash art article. Yes, that's how that's how we got to know each other. That's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. 
Unreal. That's so long ago. So it was only because my editor in chief, wonderful guy, John Rice, said, "Hey, I want you to write about this story." Now, like, what were you okay, writing about I don't before? Know anything that. about this? Sorry. What were you writing about before that? I uh, just, you know, general blockchain news. Hmm. Yeah. So you've uh, always... I also wrote a column. Yeah. I wrote a column called Journeys in Blockchain for Cointelegraph. It was a weekly mm. column just about different people and how they got into the space. Interesting. Because when yeah. you started doing your podcast, the, the one NFP, um, I I did it. I did a podcast. I focused primarily on like artists. But you, you went broad and you were doing technology and people. And I always found that the most interesting part of your podcast was your willingness to like, delve into that yeah it was fascinating and honestly yeah. i was inspired by doing the column i was like you yeah. know what i just love these conversations i'm mm -hmm. gonna do a podcast because the conversation was the most enjoyable part the writing happened afterwards and the writing was like the work it's like okay now yeah. i gotta write this right the conversation was just fun yeah well that's what i love about podcasting in general is this mm -hmm. the work that comes after it before it it could be tedious <laughs> we keep it Not, simple <laughs> yeah no for, i don't mean for you and me i mean like in the past i have oh man anyway we don't need to get into it yeah so next but, topic why don't, why don't you yeah, add one well another one. i want to i want to add uh put an addendum on the conversation we're currently having and talk about sure. the gambling aspect mm. of of crypto in general which is where i was trying to like make a transition but you know, I fucking suck at transitions. So you let's tried. just it's it, it's, it's all about the effort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. Sorry, whoever's listening. We went with we went for the hard transition instead of the smooth. <laughs> different uh, topic. Yeah, different topic. Click. <laughs> so we, we kind of talked a little bit about this off air, and it wasn't one we I think we both intended to bring in because we cut the way we do this is we talk beforehand. We have a selection of topics we think are interesting. We tell each other. And then this one came up when you and I were just bantering about the space. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, like, I don't really like gambling, but what I do like is not what I do like, but what this feels like in this space is as an artist, when I put myself out there, it's a gamble each time. And the way mm -hmm. you described it was it's like going all in. And I'm like, yes, and that's just me, really clicked. Yeah, for me, it's the idea of, you know, I used to love playing poker and, you know, mm -hmm. I went to Vegas a number of times and would play poker there. And I love, I'm not a guy who can go to like, a, say, a slot machine that I find zero enjoyment in because right. I have no control over what's going to happen. Now, in poker, of course, you don't have total control, but you have some control. You can manipulate people. You can choose when to play. You can choose when to fold. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's really engaging. And that's where you know, going all in on a play and everybody's there seeing you, there's that buzz, there's that dopamine hit from that. And that's exactly the same thing for me, the exact same physical feeling mm -hmm. when I minted an artwork and put it out there and go, okay, like, what does everybody think of this? Yeah. Right. And so when I got such into a making scary moment. art, yeah. I just lost my desire to play poker completely. Yeah. Wow. Do, and it both are creative endeavors, though especially the psychological mm -hmm. aspect of uh, manipulating people at the table. I hate to words, use the word manipulating, but that's what it is. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, do you find that you are, and I'm not turning this against you because I feel like I have to do this as a marketing person, find ways to manipulate people's attention to you as an artist? No, I mean, the main way that i tried to kind of build uh presence i guess i would say was via the podcasting and that was highly yeah. effective yeah because the reality I, is people use, don't just yeah. buy art for the art they buy the art for the person yeah who made it that's true yeah i tend so i use I did the podcast, but I didn't, in my mind, it wasn't for presence. It was a legit like to having conversations with people as an introvert. Well, it was it's a way, easy way. I'm not saying that's the reason I did it. It was, oh, right. It was no, like, no, I didn't wow, mean this. It. Yeah. You know, sorry. Yeah. I should, I didn't mean it exactly like that. Um, but <laughs> totally painting you as a manipulative son of a bitch. 
<laughs> that's me. That's and what you're not. Knows about and me. you're. T- <laughs> that's what and everybody says. Yeah, but I use a different like tactic, and it's not really a tactic. It's just like things that I'm interested in. We we briefly touched on this. Things that I'm interested in tend to like be highly charged, and that's what people knew me for. But I wouldn't say it was like to the same vein, like manipulating. But that's interesting, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I do find that it scratches that same itch, though. I wonder if other crypto artists have this kind of gambler mentality. I bet they yeah. do, because the reality is the crypto space itself is supercharged gambling. Yeah. I, I never found enjoyment in like yeah. the DeFi trading stuff. I just never did. I don't. I hate it. I don't. I I tried, and I've lost every time. I don't have the attention span it's there's a certain personality trait so i asked um chat gpt to analyze my personality by giving it a whole bunch of information and one of the things it told me was i should stay away from high intensity uh sales and high intensity trading and i was like of course that's why DeFi doesn't work for me because you have to be on all the time. And like that for, for my personality type, it doesn't work. Okay. It doesn't, I, I like slow burn thinking I'm a, I'm a, I'm a slow thinker. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it doesn't intrigue me either. So speaking of gambling, um, I gambled on some new PFPs, which I promised myself I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And, I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah, so uh, they're called Itty Bits, and Itty Bits are they're created by this artist named Posvar. It's at P O S V A R. He's a bit of a punkologist. He's been studying the makeup of crypto punks for over two years. Um, everything down to the color tones used, the gradients used for features that um larva labs had created and then this is his sort of like piece de, de resistance is that how you say it in french i have no idea piece de resistance i have no idea so did it sound good did it sound very like it's, it's good all right well there you go so basically this is like his uh oh what would you what would a phd a thesis this is his thesis hmm on the CryptoPunks. And what he did was he used Ethscriptions as a place to mint them. And he made them into 12 by 12 smaller versions of punks. And he created them algorithmically um, with, it was just, there's so much genius behind it that I don't, I don't know enough to say um, exactly what it is because it's so studious and so academic that I recommend people go and check it out. I do have a bag, um, only 19. It's not huge. And I, I was I was given, what? Full disclosure. Full disclosure. And I was given a, um, oh, my first ever honorary, P, my honorary PFP, which I'm super excited about and still rocking in my profile as of this, uh, this chat. But what I, what I wanted to talk about was the... This isn't alpha because by now, by the time we're talking, uh, Cosmo Medici had shouted them out in their newsletter and likened them to what the mutants are to apes. He thinks these are the mutant versions of CryptoPunks. And when I think about it, um, I was at first I was like, yeah, that I agree with that. And I even said that to you. But as I think about this more, I think it's a little bit of a slap in the face. This is more than just mutants it's deeper it's it's academic and people really need to look into it there's on the website that he he has he created um data visualizations of like punk colors and it's really intense really beautiful work uh now, and when it, it comes to say that eth scriptions yeah are ethereum's answer to bitcoin ordinals would that be fair to say yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the time. I honestly don't know the timeline of Ethscription versus Ordinals. What came first? 
we talked about ordinals in our first episode, I believe, if anyone wants yeah. to check that out. But essentially, these are entirely on-chain. They're not somewhere where it's pointing to uh, JPEG stored on IPFS or whatever. That's correct, yeah. They're, the the only limiting factor is the store, file storage size. So you have to use um, less than 96 kilobytes, I think. So you have to be clever in yeah. how you're, you know, being efficient with this data. But that's part of the charm of these itty bits is, is the simplicity. Yeah. They're simple. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, I've been doing a lot of thinking about creatively about, about digital minimalism from a artist perspective, what that looks mm. like, right. In terms of essence the essence of a digital artwork is the pixel. Right. Right. And pixel and, and color is sort of like this core human experience. And so they're interconnected. The essence of digital artwork and color that we experience as humans. And I'm, I don't know where this is going in terms of my creative experience, but that's where I'm at is like, what, what does that look like? For the future, how how can I make that connection? And I think mm. what I find here is there's a bridge between those two moments. Um, the essence of of create of collecting a punk is here. Um, you can get the sort of same excitement behind it, and it's clear that this is an evolution from punk which is where we've been moving since 2017 is this evolution of the blockchains and using things like, like uh, ordinals and inscriptions and like, think about what I like about the inscription is there's no smart contracts. So you're not going to um, inadvertently give anybody access through, you know, by clicking on through all the vulnerabilities of yeah, fate, yeah, of, there's you know bugs in contracts or things you might have overlooked. Yeah, so I mean, like, there's a lot going on here. I just highly think I think that he's been working on this for years, the artist, and I think people would even if you don't buy it, there's still so much to enjoy about the work that went into it. Right. So, are you familiar with the process of inscribing an ETH scription? No, uh, you mean like the actual process, like how you go about yeah, doing like it, making one. I don't know yet. I'm about okay. to. I'm exploring that. So, sort of what I was talking a little bit about. I even tweeted this that I think I have one more pixel project in me. It's not going to be a PFP. I'm not. I've done. You can. I've done the PFP. No, I've done that already. <laughs> you know, I did the unofficial punks. I did two thousand V2s. I have. All these other ones, you know, rare Pepe punks, like unordinal, but I did it. It's done, you know, for mm -hmm. me. But I do have an idea that's a little bit more abstract in concept. And I think as for me as a creator, conceptually, I tend to lean more towards like conceptual art than I do anything else. Uh, so mm -hmm. it, it'll fall within that realm. I don't know the process yet of of inscribing like the actual what the steps are um but i yeah, do I'm know i'm intrigued by it too what i've always yeah. enjoyed the most about creating art or even writing is the fact that as the writer or the artist in some fleeting way it may just be for a moment you are controlling the mind of the person who's consuming your work i enjoy that I enjoy the idea that as you look at my writing, I'm in a sense sending my thoughts to you. Do you know what I mean? I just, I love that, that notion. Same with, you know, you talked about color, right? And the fact that you could convey your thoughts on color into the mind of this person who's looking at your work. Yeah. I just, I find that fascinating. So I had a conversation. That mind control. <laughs> I, I I think there's an aspect to that. And I had a conversation with another critic who wrote something up 
um, for me, for him, and then asked me some really poignant questions about my work. It really made me question my work over the last four years. Hmm. Uh, and after reading Cohen's, because we took a break, and after reading Cohen's uh, reply, uh, Cohen's res- critique of, of my artwork in the Genesis collection, <clears throat> both have sort of left me with with a well what 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 the first one he hasn't printed the article out so I don't want to put his name out there yet until he does but he really pointed out something about my work that's a little bit more forest for the trees and the way the way I understood it is maybe I'm saying things and I'm saying a lot of things and people aren't are connecting with the trees a little bit but they're not seeing Hmm. the whole the overarching theme and and he he wasn't critiquing it to say it was good or bad i took it as maybe i'm i'm not maybe to your point like how you're connecting with people and manipulating them or not even manipulating them but like it's okay you can use that word it makes me sound like a a villain but yeah i know I, i don't know it's at the tip of my tongue uh, but like as as we're as we're like engaging and and having people interact with our work, like it made me think: Am I missing an opportunity here to not for people not to get it, not to get me? Is there too mm. many trees and not enough of the overarching forest for Eric? And in research that I've done in the past about, and I've done surveys, asked people what they think about my work this theme is this theme has come true which is which is i focus too much on too many things mm. that's how my adhd brain works i don't know how to create any other way mm-hmm. i don't like when i'm interested in something it's hyper focus then i go on to something else and i mm-hmm. leave that and i don't even think so like maybe i'm not tying things together properly um so both of these articles and both of these like insights have made me really question how I could do that better mm-hmm. how I can connect with people individually being a conceptual artist it's harder I think because mm-hmm. medium or color or design of my artwork I'm not x copy I don't do the same style over and over I'm not right. Brian Brinkman I don't use the same four colors to tie right. everything right. together um, I'm not Rob Robness where where his his personality is what people are are buying, right? Like right. and I'm not diminishing his artwork, but that's that's part of his his creativity. Max Osiris yeah. has a very distinct style. Um it's chaotic and matches his personality. You mm-hmm. with your illustrations have a very distinct style. Um Sabbath, he's another one, right? I'm just putting and of course, there are others that don't. But I'm pointing these out because that now I think to be commercially successful, I have to be good at one of these things better mm-hmm. than than. Where am I going with this? I have to be. You know, this is frustrating because I'm thinking through this live. This wasn't part of our conversation, and I don't have a good grasp of of where I need to go. So what I what I want to leave this at leave leave all of this stammering and stuttering at is as an artist i'm still finding my way and this was part of me true for just working through it yeah yeah you know i found it very affirming though like reading in that particular review and anytime i have read people's responses to my work like i think years ago do you remember kevin page was really into nfts for a while do you know who he is he was an actor on robocop and seinfeld and I remember him collecting some of my work and him just talking to me about the emotions that he felt from it. Yeah. And I just felt so taken aback that I was able to cause those emotions in the person looking at it that I was feeling, you know, like, so for example, with this, yeah. with this piece from the Genesis collection with Mocha, the review from Max Cohen, where he talks about it, the piece I created, he talks about the sense of nostalgia kind of tied with sadness and um, 
it was exactly how it was exactly how I was feeling when I made the piece and he felt that and that to me is just what an awesome feeling as an artist to be able yeah. to capture your own emotion and get someone else to feel that same feeling yeah right so that's, the magic. That, that's what really struck me about that review mm -hmm. I just felt so I don't know. I'm almost tearful thinking about it. Like just the, the emotion that was just bottled up in a sense in that work and then was able to be poured out for somebody else. You know, you touched, you, 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 you touched them, but you transferred it to them. But I mean, can, is there a more successful feeling as an artist? No. Than doing I don't that? think so. Right. Put, putting aside financial success, because maybe that's what some people find as success. That's a nice thing, but... To yeah. be able to like have somebody connect with a piece so viscerally. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the magic. That's, that's why yeah. we create regardless. Yeah. I've been creating totally. for... I'm 30. I'm 30. Oh, my God. I'm not 30. I'm 45. I've been cre I've been creating art for as long as I can remember. But ever since I was like 12 or 13 is when I really sort of understood and has continued to even more understand that art can communicate things, mm -hmm. you know? So like I've been creating art to communicate whatever, my own feelings, something around me, doesn't matter, for, for 30 plus years. And that somebody can look at it and feel that back. Right? Magic. But then what's the, the really cool thing about it being that it's blockchain art and that feeling is stored permanently oh, for right. anyone else. Yo. Like it's, you're, you're putting yeah. this feeling in a bottle Yes. and anyone in the future can go there and look at that and pour that out and feel that mm. same thing. Like what a great technology. Yeah. You know, one of the things, speaking of the technology is, um, and I think this is, this is, not a downside or or an upside, but just a, a thought. Losing art. It sometimes anything things that are stored on chain theoretically uh, might not be lost ever. So right. like all the great masterpieces we don't get to see, there's a romanticism about lost artwork, I think. At mm -hmm. least maybe I have. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about about my my Genesis piece, I kind of wish it got lost to history. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only because of topic, and we're not going to bring it up <laughs> here. Um, but yeah, so there's there's something romantic, I think, about art that gets lost to time, too. And yeah. there'll be less of that. That is a fair point. Yeah. But there's still a diamond in the rough kind of feeling to it, right? Yeah, well, somebody's got to be looking for it. Maybe it's like maybe it's like a needle in a haystack lost, right? There's so much stuff on chain that it can't be found. Right. So maybe maybe yeah. that's just a different way of thinking about. Yep. Art that's lost. All right. So should we get on to blocked? I think we're I think we're we're at that segment. Uh, and just like that, you've been blocked. <laughs> I actually waited that time for you to do that. Yeah, did. I didn't talk over it. <laughs> I saw the, I saw the cue in your eyes. I was like, <laughs> "Do you want? Uh, want why me to go why first? don't I start this time? Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. So this is back to the ETFs stuff, and uh, my block today is Vanguard. Vanguard. And just has... like that, you've been blocked. <laughs> uh, Vanguard is a major brokerage. Care. It's uh, got seven trillion dollars in assets under management. And they've come out vehemently saying just just a little bit vehemently stating we are not going to offer Bitcoin ETFs. In fact, we're pulling Bitcoin futures ETFs because they had previously carried those. And, you know, um, and basically saying, no, if you are with us, we're not allowing you to deal in these ETFs, which as a client to me personally, makes zero sense that I cannot use an SEC approved asset or ETF that's available legally 
Yeah. To me, that just blows my mind. What's the logic behind that? Well, to be fair, I looked into this a little bit. Some people were criticizing them for being inconsistent. They're like, oh yeah, you're not going to offer these, but you offer inverse Kramer ETFs, which are ridiculous. Basically, an inverse Kramer ETF takes the assessment of, you know, the analyst. Uh, what's his first name? Is it Jim? Oh, oh the guy that, that's like, boom. And that yeah, guy. yeah, 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 yeah. It basically, anytime he says Bitcoin's going down, it goes up. Anytime he says it's going up, it goes down. Uh, although he did call the top the other day correctly, to be fair. Mm. In fact, he said there was going to be a big drop that day, and he was 100% correct. There was a 10% yeah, a drop. A clock could be right twice a day, too. Yes. Um, anyway, so there's an ETF where you can just do inverse Kramer. Anything he says, it does the opposite. <laughs> Uh, another one is like, for example, you can do leveraged ETFs, like a tr 3X NASDAQ. Okay. Now I looked into that though, and actually Vanguard dropped those. You, they, there's no inverse or leveraged ETFs offered by uh, Vanguard. So mm. to be fair, they are being consistent with their policy. They have said, we are not offering these sorts of ETFs that could cause people to be financially damaged because of volatility or other kind of iffy things about them. They don't offer those in general, not just Bitcoin ETS. They don't offer those in general. Right. So in that sense, okay, so they're, they're being consistent with their policy. Yeah. But I still want to block them because I think that's wrong. I think a client should be able to choose. And just like that, you've been blocked. <laughs> It shouldn't be up to the brokerage, in my opinion. Having said yeah. that, you know, it's a normal, like, this is another thing we talked about before with TradFi, where there's this lagging effect. A lot of these brokerages aren't even carrying these spot ETFs. Yeah. Well, is, is BlackRock a brokerage? No. No, you would go through, say, for example, Vanguard or... Right, I so Vanguard... I know all the American uh, brokerages, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. This is not my... I am not a trader. I am dumb to like all Merrill of that Lynch. Stuff. Wouldn't that be one or like UBS or something? Isn't that? Oh one? yeah, JP Morgan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Chase. All those. Jamie Dimon in the rough. Uh, yeah, basically yeah. the thing you sign up on if you want to do direct trading in the states, yeah. which I don't. I'm not familiar with all the companies because I'm Canadian. But yeah. Or do Canadians not have? Well, we do through you know, like for example, if you're. Uh, client at uh say for example the royal bank is like the biggest bank in canada mm. well then you can do like uh rbc it's called royal bank of canada rbc direct is like a brokerage that you can sign okay. up for online and they will carry those things so in canada you can get a spot bitcoin and get etf exposure to that through you don't uh, have it you don't have a canadian accent though well I'm western canada so i don't say oot and hoose and moose and boot because and a boot i i'm western canadian which is oh, okay. a little more neutral of an accent. You'll occasionally hear it. I have a bit of an awe to some of my O sounds, like oh. volleyball. Yeah, it still sounds normal to me. <laughs> so yeah, no, I don't have the, there's a moose in my house. I've got to get right. it out. Accent. Yeah. yeah, that's Ontario. Okay. Yeah, I know, not, I know very little about Canada, um, even geopolitically and, and socially. Um, you're my one true connection. <laughs> okay. What was your blocked? Yeah, my blocked uh, this week. Was it this week? It was this week. It's been a busy week. Antonio Brown um, shilled a a Ponzi scheme uh, that got rugged. And um, I'm not even blocking Antonio Brown. I'm blocking the fools that once again bought because a celebrity said, a celebrity shielded, it, which I think is like, haven't we learned yet, you know? And just like that, you've been blocked. <laughs> All these Deegans. See, now, I noticed I, there's an unfair advantage here because you've got the just like that you've been blocked button. So you can literally time your dialogue for exactly when you want to <laughs> press it. But I have to know somehow magically when yeah. you're going to press the button. We Well, since most people are don't listen to just listen to us, you could give me the uh, one finger up. When you're ready. Okay, yeah, uh, that, that's a good idea. Now, yeah. wasn't this thing with Antonio Brown tied to uh, some kind of wallet Mangos. drainer or something? 
It was some mango farm stuff. I, to be honest with you, I don't know because um, I didn't go deep into it. I just was laughing at the fact that what did I call them last time? Deegans, and you you made fun of me. <laughs> Degens. These Degens literally will buy on anything they think can can get a pump. It's so. Um, but I think this was worse than that, wasn't it? Wasn't this something where if you used this mango farm on Solana, like it made your entire wallet vulnerable to draining somehow? I'm sure it did. To be honest with you, I don't really know. Um, I don't know they, the whole story, but I yeah. know it was worse than just a rug. Yeah. Like it cleaned out people's wallets. And I feel bad for them. I do. But yeah, that's, that's terrible. You know, it's one thing to you know say, oh, I'm going to put a hundred bucks on some shit coin. And lose a hundred bucks, get liquidated. Yeah. But this yeah. is like I'm putting a hundred bucks on a shit coin and there is ten thousand dollars in my wallet and it's all gone. Like that's Yeah. What's the role? You can't of... blame that on the DGens. No, I blame it on the DGens. <laughs> if you didn't if you didn't click on it, you wouldn't have got drained. You know? Fair. That's just, is there even know. hardware wallet support for that kind of stuff with Solana and Phantom and all that stuff? Can is there protections for that? I don't Solana? know. I don't know because I don't use it. Yeah, neither do I. I've I I am I'm not an ETH maxi. I'm I'm a I'm a multi chain. Um, I was gonna say a multi chain culturalist. I don't know why. Mm. That I often call myself sense. a Bitcoin mostlyist instead of a right, maximalist. Yeah. I'm a Bitcoin mostlyist. I like Bitcoin. I like Ethereum. And after that, I don't really find it all that intriguing. I find that most other stuff is just imitations. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm most, I do most of my work on Ethereum. I really do. Right. I test yep. everything else out um, as much as I can. I'm not an ETH maxi. I think that there's plenty of room in this world for a multi-chain environment. And I think Link and our chain link is going to help, you know, make that world a reality at some point. Um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I think I'm I think sure Larry our, Fink is looking at link. Uh, yeah. Know, as part of all of this. Stuff. I was talking to Sasha, Sasha Bailey a couple mm. of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I haven't he's a, in like a year or two. Yeah. He's uh he's out in, well, he's, he was in Japan. Now he's back in, he's back home. Uh, in England, uh, do we call it still England? What do we call it? Great Britain, UK, the UK. I don't even know. Well, English is one of the countries, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, lo lost my train of thought, don't even know what I was gonna say. <laughs> you were gonna talk about Sasha Bailey. Oh, thanks, Sasha Bailey. So he was telling me, like, we were having the same conversation about multi chains and. But he was he made a good point in saying that Ethereum is a good place for art because art one of ones typically don't need to be traded so often. So gas fees really aren't an issue where PFPs right. and things that are speculated on as like day trading kind of ways in day trading kind of ways, an L2 or another L1 that has reduced fees of some sort might be beneficial. Sure. So I think art is always going to find its home on Ethereum. I really do, yeah. at least for the time it, being. It reminds me of years ago. I don't know if you remember the cryptocurrency called Wax. It's still actually used quite a lot for collectibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the illustration I was given, this is why Ken Bozak, who is a huge Wax advocate. Um, Man, I haven't was, seen that guy in forever. Yeah, Ethereum is your museum. Or you're, you go to the museum and you have mm -hmm. the high class, you know, expensive art. And that's where it goes. It's the, it's the art. And at the time he said, wax, that's like the gift shop. It's where you buy the posters. It's where you buy the mugs. And, yeah. you know, it's the same thing with uh, Solana or L2s. They're like the gift shop. And that's not a bad thing, right? No. People like souvenirs. People like collectibles. People like, yeah. you know, tchotchkes, whatever you want to call them, posters. But yeah, I mean, it the, can even be like the art market, your local, you know, market. Yeah, but there. the museum pieces, they're on Ethereum. Yeah, they're not on those other yeah. ones. Well, I only want to be on Ethereum. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, oh yeah, this Antonio week was Brown fun. is is he your officially your your blocked for the day then? No, no, the DGens who uh pump Oh yes, up. sorry. And just like that, you've been blocked. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Very nice. This was great. Very satisfying. What a great conversation. We went all over the place there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get better. Um maybe. I tend to be pretty chaotic. So yeah, you're, so am you're I, like actually. you're well, you I think you're pretty um Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I for those that I don't find, know what just I happened. find peace in having a plan. I find Yeah. Yeah. I like reacting. That. See, that's my art yeah. too. There you I go. I like reacting. So this is yeah. one of the thing ways I think we work so well. Anyway, yeah. so I'll leave I'll yeah, leave the yeah. clothes so to you. This is going out on Monday. We're recording this on Saturday. It's going out on Monday. We got the Buccaneers and Eagles. Who you say? Who you say winning? My call is the Buccaneers. I think they're gonna crush the Eagles. The Eagles have been doing terrible the last half of the season. Not a, the Eagles. Really? Okay. Yeah. They're going to rise to the occasion? I really believe that, yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll see who's right on Monday. Yeah. yeah. We're going to turn this into a sports betting podcast as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rising time for everybody. <laughs> One last thing I just found funny. I think is his name David Portnoy. Is that his name? The Barstool Sports Guy? Yeah. He was, there was a picture of him showing when he sold Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> it was the absolute bottom. He was like, this stuff is trash. He sold it at like 16 grand or something like that. <laughs> and then, it, you know, and now he was recently in the news again with these ETFs complaining about them, I think. Well, old money is, old money that doesn't want to get on board will always, um, they don't know how to make money using this newfangled technology. Hmm. Because they know how to manipulate the current system. Like, this is yeah. how I think of it. So they're comfortable. I think it's just a classic the buy system. high, sell low human behavior that everybody is vulnerable to. Yeah. Yeah. You got to set it and forget it, which doesn't work yeah. for me because I buy high and sell low. So <laughs> listen to what I say, not what I do. Yeah, exactly. Right on. Have well, a, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Uh, please do like and subscribe, and we will be back in a week. Take care, Eric. Good night.